All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Mind Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Clemente. With me tonight my, uh, is going to be Cesar Asadi, uh, one of our founding fathers of Mind Power. Here is going to be my co-host for tonight. How are you doing, Cesar? I'm doing just fine, Angel. Thank you for having me, man. Ah, absolutely. Always a pleasure to have you here on the show. Uh, with us today, though, we have a very special guest all the way over from Tampa, a really good friend of mine. We're going to introduce him. He has a name that goes by the Gearby Ruska. <laughs> Ruska, say hello to all the people, man. Hey, guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, man. Um, what, uh, what are you up to tonight, man? What are you doing? Um, honestly, just riding practice for the next couple of weeks. we got kids getting ready for championship season. So, you know, just getting their season plan going and ending with a bang. Well, what, all right, so um, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people here that, like, exactly know what you're talking about. So you want to explain uh, what, what it is you do, like what, what – what you're doing over there in Tampa? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a full-time uh, swim coach for a swim club here in Tampa. Uh, club swimming is very popular here in Florida. So I've been very blessed to have the profession of being a full-time uh, coach as a, my profession. So right now, um, you know, like any other coach and just writing practices and making uh, we're, we're at the end of our season right now. We have kids who have qualified for our state meet so we're just we're blessed and able to be in that position so now we're just making sure i don't mess it up (laughs) (laughs) and i uh if i'm not mistaken you also have uh some connection to the university of tampa as well yeah yeah i'm actually a volunteer assistant at the university of tampa um more more so assistant but you know um yeah so i I work there as well and uh I'm, i'm in my free time so kind of all over the place, just trying to make my name a name for myself in the coaching world in Tampa. So, so you are one hundred percent immersed in the swim culture that is down there in Tampa. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to be. I'm I'm honestly I, I haven't told anybody really, but um, I'm actually trying to get um, a high school gig as well. So I'll be doing three completely diff- completely different swim programs uh, in Tampa, just because I just want people kind of get my name out there and just kind of uh, you know touch as many people as I can and get my, my base out there. But right. yeah, I'm all about being full-time. So. Well, you heard it here first on the Mind Power podcast. Gary Ruska <laughs> intends, <laughs> intends to be a high school coach once again. So, uh, um, I mean, it, there, there's kind of a reason why I also uh, had Caesar here besides the part that uh, the rent space for shooting the episodes. <laughs> um but Caesar is actually also a swim coach at the University of St. Thomas, so and as well as a uh, high school at Mother Lakes, which has been pretty successful, in part to do with Caesar being there and kind of having ah, the effect on there. So nah, man, it's all it's all about the kids, man. As I'm sure Ruscio will also confirm, is that you know as much as as we as coaches you know love helping out our athletes, we know at the end of the day that unfortunately for us we can't swim for them, we can't race for them, we can't compete. So all we can do is just best prepare them to you know, step up when they're needed most. And, you know, we're just very blessed to be in the positions that we are now. So. Yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, not to go off any topic you uh, might've had there, Angel, but I just want to kind of you know, go off of that. I think um, one thing that I truly love about the sport is that, you know, it's not hard to stick out in the way that like, you know, I'm not here to make my name be the most popular or, or major thing, but like, it's not hard to be a unique coach that just draws people in because I think the unique coaches that draw people in and that are, that stick out are the coaches that truly care about the kids. 
and the coaches that truly want to see the best for their athletes. Mm -hmm. And not saying I'm not trying to call every coach out or anything like that, but I definitely do see a lack of that. Um, just kind of where, for the few months that I've been in Florida. Uh, so kind of like what Caesar was saying, it's just that when you have a coach that goes all in for the athletes and that's there for the athletes and their well-being and their overall growth and development, um, you know, you're going to naturally make a name for yourself and you're going to naturally be a coach that sticks out. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's part of it um, that goes into that where it's about, you know, what you can offer, what kind of person you have, the personality that you present, how how able you are to connect with the kids yourself and just what you're able to teach them, because there's so many coaches out there that maybe have a lot of knowledge, but they struggle in the part where they maybe they can't transfer it correctly to their to like their athletes or their students and and they're perceived as a bad coach but you kind of have to have a little bit of both you have to have that knowledge and you have to have that ability to translate that knowledge in a way that they can understand and I think that's one of the hardest challenges that coaches face is being able to kind of adapt to different teaching styles and coaching styles to be able to do that I don't know mm -hmm. if you'd agree no, 100% man I couldn't have put it better myself and definitely you know I just want to bounce off of again what Ruska said about um, really just the, the coaches that, you know, for, for lack of a better term here, are unique in their approach or are really the ones that you see have the most success. And what I, what I think, um, you know, I really want our, our listeners to really understand here is, you know, a, a coach is really as good as his experiences. And, and what I really want to say in regards to that is, you know, for me, especially as a summer, I was very blessed with having a coach that was very extremely dedicated to the program. You know, he was waking up at you know, 4 a.m., having 4.30 a.m. swim practices. And, and you know, that's something that as, as a kid, as a 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kid at the high school level, you know, that's inspiring to see that there is a person, you know, who is obviously an adult that, that really is willing to make that sacrifice and commitment to really support and be there for another individual simply for the sake of that other individual's success, right? So um, kids these days, man, they can, they can smell BS from a mile away, right? So it's definitely something that as a coach, you need to make sure that you're exemplifying not only everything that you want to see your athletes do, but also following it yourself, right? Which is another big one that I'm learning here. And I know Gerby does a wonderful, I know, I, I mean, obviously he keeps himself in really good shape, but, um, you know, obviously he's still, you know, swimming and training and, you know, uh, I'll, I'll let him kind of explain more about that, but he definitely is a role model to his kids just from, you know, from the outside looking in. So, yep. Mm -hmm. And Ruska, uh, there's I, there's so many different ways that I can kind of like brag about you and kind of like what you do and kind of what sets you apart. But uh, one of the first things I do want to touch on is kind of your, um, from what I notice, is your, your social media presence with those kids and kind of, uh, I mainly am talking about like your, your Facebook presence because you know, I see your Instagram stories, I see your Facebook posts where your posts on Instagram, you're always posting updates and you're like, you're never failing to, you know, type out a huge paragraph to talk about a specific kid and what they overcame and how they're making their state cuts. And on Facebook, I always see you share like the most like inspiring things, but also like connecting that to what it means to like be a swimmer, or just to be an athlete or to be a coach. Cause I mean, the way I see it, you're not just like a swim coach, but you really do seem to be some type of like advocate for just being a good coach in general and making sure that the number one priority as, of a coach is to really be able to make an impact in the life of kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, pre I want to say thank you for that. Obviously that's, that means a lot that someone's out there listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. 
But no, I mean, it goes back to my days in high school when I, I mean, Angel, you remember when I did the uh, sports journalism stuff, I would uh, go around um, the high school teams and do little interviews and yeah. make my own articles and stuff. And that goes back to me, just the way I look at sports. Like everybody uh, has a story, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone who does sports has a story, whether, and it could be, it doesn't mean they have, they made the Olympics. It doesn't mean that they got made a state cut, but there, there was that athlete who sacrificed every single day of their their um, sophomore year. They didn't go to prom because maybe they were they were training, or maybe they broke their leg and then like they made state cut or a state meet the next uh, uh, season. So every athlete has a tremendous story, and so I've always looked at it that way: is that there's so many stories getting untold. Mm -hmm. So I've always, and that's where my my love for uh, journalism came from but like now as a coach I guess I can translate it to that it just you, you want to share those moments like you don't want those moments shouldn't go unheard and shouldn't right. go untouched shouldn't go unseen and so I know some people might be like why is the guy always kind of talking about these 11 12 13 14 15 16 year olds well like the truth is just like you learn so much from your athletes and Caesar and I, I know you can attest to that and Angel I know you can too you coach soccer like you learn so much from the athletes. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're missing something because mm -hmm. I learned um, so much about adversity, overcoming adversity. I, I learned so much about being uh, a good teammate, a, a good positive force. And so if you, and like, in my, my opinion, if it's happening, you have to share it so that other people who are in your situation, you know, they can learn from that also. And kind of like what you're talking about earlier, you know, I, I don't share things on my social media to be a teacher. Like I'm not trying to be the person just like you need to do things this way, mm -hmm. but there aren't a whole lot of resources out there on how to be a good coach. Mm. Right? Like mm -hmm. if, if there is, you're gonna have to pay a lot of money for it. There's mm -hmm. no real course on here's uh, module one, two, and three on being a great coach that out there that's like free resources. So I just try to take my basic everyday experiences and then relate them to things that people can relate to mm -hmm. and that they can be like, oh, wow, it's that simple. Like, I think one time I talked about, like, if you don't notice that your kid got a haircut, one of your athletes walked in and you don't notice they had a haircut, you don't really, you're not related to that. You're not related to that athlete well enough. Mm -hmm. And so just something that people can read and just be like, wow, like, I, that's so true. It's so simple. It's right there. But yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff just, it just, it plays into, know how dedicated you are to trying to actually make that impact in your kids and like mm. in and trying to be a part of not just you know their season but also a part of their life and i know if there's one prime example of of that person it's the guy sitting next to me right now is caesar as well as you know you ruska where caesar can think of one specific athlete who he's known since they were probably what like 12 i think you told me 12 or 11 and are now helping them go on to that next level and be uh, go under you, you know, continue to swim at the collegiate level under you now. So I definitely want, uh, especially our audience here to really, you know, hear Ruska's words here, because I can't, I can't tell you guys enough how, how important what he's saying is, especially when it comes in regards to the coach athlete relationship. And I test a lot of the success that I've seen in my in my young coaching career to exactly what he just said about building these relationships with the athletes. Obviously, as a coach, you want to see them succeed in their sport. But if you truly want to see them succeed, you have to look at them more than just an athlete. 
right? Yeah. And I think athletics obviously puts a lot of emphasis on athletic abilities, on you know, you know how they're performing that season or, or during that game or during that meet. But at the end of the day, I have seen so many athletes rise and fall based upon the relationship with their coaches, myself included, actually. And I'll share a short little story here before we move on here about baseball. So I actually played baseball all the way up through high school. I love baseball more than anything. I actually love baseball almost as much as swimming, if not more, you know, dare I say, you know, but um, my high school coach killed my passion for the game. I'm just going to tell you that point blank. And I know there's many listeners drop, drop out the there. Mic. Just drop the mic. And I know there's many listeners out there that, that can have a similar story or can relate to this. And, you know, that that's just a perfect example of, of just how much of an impact coaches have on athletes' lives. Mm -hmm. So that I just definitely want to um, elaborate that and put that out there for our listeners. So Right. Um, Ruska, there's – okay, so before we uh, – Moving on, because um, now we've kind of gotten a, a decent amount of like your background and stuff like that. Um, I, I just I want to ask what what does mental health mean to you coming from a coach? Because you know I've I've had a couple of guests on here and I plan on having more. Not all of them are going to be coaches in the same way you are, where like you know they directly impact kids' lives. So, but I know you see it in the most probably what. Could arguably could arguably be one of the most like detrimental phases of like a human being's life is that de developmental stage where you know everything is impressionable, everything is impactful as they're starting to be introduced to like a, a newer world and they're starting you know phase from a kid into you know more responsibilities and transition into adulthood and I it's more I think that that's the part where they're the most vulnerable than probably ever. Um, especially in this day and age, but I want to ask you, man, like what, what does mental health really like mean to you? Oh man. I mean, it means, I mean, obviously like I could sit here all day long and explain what it means, but like, I think long story short, um, for, if we put it to a kid's perspective, if you don't see one of your kids coming into practice and they're not smiling at some point, then there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. If your kid isn't able to smile and they're not able to joke, laugh, say something positive, um, then there's something wrong. And it doesn't even mean that that person got bullied that day. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean something that's severe, but it means that something's wrong. Right. Something's not clicking because at that age, I think with social media and so many things and so many standards and expectations that we see on the Internet, we're trying to live up to as teens and. Uh, young adults that we just we forget that it's okay to be goofy like we forget that it's okay to be just joy like goofy weird kids mm -hmm. and so I think uh, coaching kids when I don't see a kid being goofy and I, I don't see them just saying and doing the dumbest stuff and just laughing at themselves for being goofy I just and when I don't see that I know there's something wrong right I know mm -hmm something is happening because that's just how kids are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And we, we have, like, we, I, I coach, <clears throat> I've been very, for whatever reason, very well known for coaching female, um, teen, like young teenagers. Like I do, that's just the kind of, like I've been known to click really well, with those kind of athletes and make them go fast and just get to know them really well and relate to them. Um, but you know, Females are on social media a lot. They're on Instagram. They're on Snapchat. They're going through those kind of things, and they're they're looking at the day. <clears throat> so, 
I've had a lot of athletes where we've had those talks. We've had those talks about, um, you know, be careful with what you see, be careful with what you say, be careful of how you say things, and be careful of how you treat others. Right. And we had a talk actually just a couple of weeks ago. We, I, I actually downloaded our team uh, bullying policy, and I showed the team. I was just like, look, you may not notice it, but things you are saying or things that are being said to you are bullying yeah. and it's 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 detrimental on your health like the way you say something to somebody it could hurt them it could harm them it could affect them it could be the smallest thing and i don't want to be that person who, who says that we have to walk on these eggshells and be like super careful with everything they say and do but it, it just comes simply down to if you're not saying something nice then don't say it at all right if you're not treating somebody kindly then don't then then don't you know, associate with them. So, um, so how, how do you, how do you find that balance between, you know, trying to be an effective coach from an athletic standpoint, but also trying to make sure that your athletes are, you know, in the best shape mentally as possible, because it, it's really hard to find that, that difference where, you know, you can't push your athletes too hard because then it takes a toll on them, you know, mentally, but at the same time, like, there's 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 a certain point where you know you're starting to lose lose vision of the line between you know I'm I'm focusing too much on making sure that you're okay and then all of a sudden we're not producing results when um, when in, at the end of the day you know it's a competition so you kind of have to find that little balance and stuff what what's kind of like your process or what do you do because I know I know you kind of excel on both fronts there you know every yeah. time I've I've seen you coach. Uh, at Rensselaer, you know, all your time growing up at uh, doing the summer swim. Um, I saw the impact that you had at Tri-West. You were only there for one year at a club in Indiana, and you made such a huge impact on that club. Um, and then what you're doing in Tampa right now. So it, it's your performance base is through the roof, but also the impact that you're having on these kids and the connections you're building with them is also just like above par. And so, like, you obviously have something figured out. And I mean, I don't know if there's anything that you can share with the audience um, about what, what that kind of is and kind of what your thought process is on that. Uh, I appreciate that again. Um, but, I mean, I'll let you know that the truth is that it's not perfect ever. Um, and it's one of the hardest things a coach has to go through. And Caesar can attest to it. He's going to go through it, too, because I think he's going to be coaching – uh, college and then also high school. And the reason I say that's because it is so hard to coach a college team full of young adults who you can push to their breaking point and then turn around and, and then try <laughs> to turn that, yeah. that off for a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers because right. they can't be pushed the same. Right. So <clears throat> don't get me wrong. I've had my moments where I push kids too far straight up like I, i'll be the first to admit that i've had my most where i there's a couple there was a 12 year old girl i i made her cry i, I made a girl my first couple months at uh here in tampa i made her throw up in a set and i pushed her to tears you know and and not saying that that's a bad thing necessarily but what i'm trying to say is that you like angel said like you need to know your limits and so what i've i've uh figured out how to how can i push an athlete's limits but also mentally keep them like you know healthy is you just have to get to know them. Like mm -hmm. you just have to get to know who they are because then you know their triggers. You know what when you're pushing them too far. 
you know when if you do push them too far how can you kind of bring them back and help them out in the moment or and then the other thing i i i've started doing at try west was i got to know the parents very well mm -hmm. so where i'll be like hey parent you know i got to know them on a real personal level so their parents will get to the point where they'll be like hey so and so had a bad day at school just letting you know heads up i'm like thank you so much that helped me so much now i can throw so and so in lane six just for the kickboard let them kick for two hours or an hour mm. uh you know and now i know i know the heads up so i i i i made it very it's part of my coaching now that i get to know the parents on a personal level so that they can help me know their kids because we only know so much that happens right, right. You know, you're only at practice two hours a day they're at school at home so much other stuff happens that we don't know about so having that inside that intel and their in, and then we the other thing we do is once a week we do mood questionnaires so i printed out this thing where it's a bunch of questions pretty much once like number one asking them about their day uh how much sleep they've been getting how tired are they so, tell me something good about their day something bad about their day so it's just a bunch of these questions so it gives me an inside look onto them into their mind and their psyche and how they're doing and then i take that and then i can just you can just do so much with it so sorry it, sorry the ranting but it goes back to just knowing your athletes mm -hmm. and if you know your athletes you can and caesar and angel you guys know exactly what i'm talking about you can know exactly how much you can push that kid mm. and you know exactly when to stop right. and that that limit may be lower or maybe higher than the girl or guy in the lane right next to them and i, I definitely want to kind of do a bounce off question here first of all ruska that's not ranting that you're kind of dropping some some really priceless knowledge here especially when it comes to regards again to that coach athlete relationship that we talked about earlier my question for you is going to be more for our audience. Maybe they're an athlete out there that's listening to this and saying, you know, I wish I had Ruska as a coach, right? Because I yeah. wish I had a coach that um, really understood me, not not just in terms of my sport, but exactly what you're doing. And first of all, let me be very clear in, in saying that what you're doing up there in Tampa is phenomenal. Uh, obviously, I keep up to, with you on social media. And, and let me just echo right, what, right. what Angel has said, man. You're doing some great stuff up there, first of all. But my question here for you is sort of a follow-up to what Angel posed is, as an athlete, Ruska, what, what would you put yourself in one of your summer shoes here? And, and let's say, you know, you're a little bit intimidated by your coach, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get to know them. Obviously, there's, the, there's, there's obviously some lines and boundaries between a coach and an athlete, right? And, that, you know, those are pretty much unspoken. They're pretty much common sense. But how do you break the ice from an athlete's perspective in terms of um, getting, getting to know your coach? uh on a deeper level and, and let me know if you need me to rephrase that no no so you're asking how does like the as the, as the athlete how do you kind of get to know the coach and yes get, get yes honestly it's it's patience because especially as a new coach and i don't want to say you need to be like the follower but like you need to listen like if the coach tells you something the coach doesn't do something to make you feel bad they're not doing something to hurt you or harm right. you but they want to see you succeed so you have to trust the coach. So if you buy in and trust, which is two words that you're going to hear a lot in sports, and especially in that coaching app, mm -hmm. if you do those two things, then you're going to get to know your coach really personally. And you're, and honestly, because as coaches, we don't like to open up to kids who we don't feel like are buying in or who feel like they don't care about wasting our time. 100%. Um, so if you're, you're just an athlete, and you just buy in and trust and you just show the coach that you respect them and their time 
they'll open up to you. And the best thing about that is, and it's going off of that is that it's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a week because mm. coaches are super, especially with everything going on with Title IX and USA Swimming Bands. <clears throat> coaches are very, the really good ones are very closed in about their lives and they're right. very professional. So don't take that personally, but just, you know, ask some questions. Got my, my athletes ask me every day. It's so nice. They're like, how was your day? I'm like, this is, I'm like, and I'll tell them, let's talk. And then, so you get to know them. So just mm-hmm. ask little questions about them. They're not robots. They love talking to people. So that mm-hmm. that's a buying in, trusting, asking questions. You know, it's it's just simple conversation and they'll do it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, okay. So I'll, I kind of want to steer away from, from kind of picking at your mind from a coaching aspect because I also know that you're an athlete as well to this day still. Um, and you're not just an athlete, but you're also a representative. And um, I don't know if you're still training or not. And but I kind of want you to kind of uh, I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. And you kind of want to give us a little bit of insight on kind of what that is and, and how you got there and all this stuff. Because I well, first of all, tell us tell us what it is. Tell us, you know, what what I'm what I'm talking about. So, are you referring to uh, the Haitian national team? Ah, wait. Did you say <laughs> the is. Haitian national team? Yeah. So, uh, after I graduated uh, college swimming, um, you know, I went on to represent my country uh, at the national level in Guangzhou, the World Championships, which was a phenomenal experience, by the way. Um, but and I had the opportunity to continue my training and go on to try to qualify for right now's uh, upcoming Olympics, but. Uh, due to some stuff with COVID training opportunities, I just I wasn't going to be the best shape that I knew to represent my country, and I just didn't feel confident enough in the situation that I was in, especially with moving at that time. Mm-hmm. I was going to be able to be in my best position, so I I kind of decided to take back and just kind of give the position up and um, let somebody else do it who I felt had a better situation and better prep to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like you said, I still train, I still swim, I still go to the gym, I, I'm still active in sports. And a lot of that is because I like to I like to do a lot of the workouts and stuff with my athletes, actually, just to kind of, you know, it, just to kind of show them that if their coach is doing it, they buy into it more. But also right. just because, like, it helps you learn things more. Like, um, there's like a new skill or drill or something or you want to teach them. You know, it's, it's fun to go try it out yourself or mm-hmm. get a good perspective on what they're going through as athletes. Uh, you know, if you're giving it to them, try it out yourself and see how it feels, you know, one of those things. Uh, but, yeah, going back to my personal um, athletic experience, yeah, I just uh, – I actually got asked the other week to be possibly the head Haitian swim coach at the 2024 Olympics. Wow. So no way. I those ties and everything, but I definitely think it's crazy. my own swimming journey is coming to an end just because I, I felt, I feel more joy in helping other people accomplish their goals. Than mm-hmm. I, I love how you just casually said that he's going to be the head Haitian swim coach at the yeah. Olympics. <laughs> you just dropped that in there. In like, uh, yeah. Hey, That's... you're all hearing it first on the Mind Power podcast. Right? <laughs> hey, breaking news here from the Mind Power <laughs> podcast. Ruska is about to be an Olympic coach. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Man. Well, okay, so kind of I, I kind of know the backstory because I was obviously your roommate while this whole process kind of started because you started making contact with the Haitian national swim team, I think, what, towards the end of your junior year, right? 
Yeah. And so kind of walk walk me through how that process started. Like, because, I mean, I know, I know we have a lot of people that are going to listen to this and they're going to want to know this because here in Miami or maybe even down in Tampa, you know, there's in, just an immense amount of, like, diversity. And we have people from so many different places that, you know, one, maybe one of their dreams would be to try and, like, represent their country. You know, that's that's a dream for anybody that competes in anything like that. And so maybe trying to hear that from, you know, how you were able to accomplish that, uh, you know, yeah, for, in, like, the middle of nowhere in Indiana. So kind of walk me through that process on how that kind of got started, you know, any obstacles you kind of went through, anything like that. So... I was watching trials for the 2016 Olympics, and I saw that no, I was watching the Olympics. Sorry, prelims for the Olympics. I saw there was a Haitian swimmer, mm-hmm. and I kind of just like did some background information on this girl. She went to the University of Chicago, and I was just like, dang, if she's at the Olympics. How the heck did she get representing Haiti? So I did some background stuff, searching, and um, found out. Uh, how, who to get in touch with. So I just pretty much like introduced myself, told them like who I was. And then from there, um, it just kind of kept building. And then they were just like, hey, we're, we're sending some athletes to this meet. And for the longest time, I couldn't go to like a lot of the international meets they wanted me to go to because of documentation stuff. Um, a lot of it wasn't up to date and a lot of it was an issue. Um, so for that reason, I couldn't. But finally got to the point where <clears throat> they were just like, we want to either send you, we want to send you to, um, uh, Pan Pacific, the Pan Pacific Championships, the Pan American, uh, yeah, Pan American Championships, <laughs> Lima, Peru, and so that was like the building thing. It was supposed to happen the summer after I graduated college, right? Was building for like a year, <clears throat> and then finally, but so how I got in touch with them was simply, honestly, just like I just got, I, I just googled like, for example, Haitian National Federation Swimming Federation, or something. Uh-huh. and you just get that contact, but like. So I got that and I, they were just, finally, they were just like, they saw my times and everything. They're like, whoa, like we want you to go to like the biggest stage. So they ended up sending me to Worlds last, like last minute. In South like, Korea, right? South Korea, yeah. yeah. So it was a really great experience. But for young athletes listening, if especially you're international, I want to tell you that it's actually very easy to represent your country internationally. Uh, at least for swimming. I can't speak for other sports. But, like, for example, you're a Cuban and you're – because, like, Cuba's small. Like, if you're a small – these island countries or you're a smaller country, um, if you're – you have any nationality at all, you don't even have to be born in, like, let's say Cuba or anything like that. If you have any nationality, then you can still represent your country. And, honestly, I would – is I'm prideful about, you know, what America has done for me and my home. <clears throat> but I would – I would have jumped the opportunity to be to represent Haiti every single time. If someone offered me a spot for the for an American team, you know, I probably would still take you know the Haitian route just because you know I've always been about being that um, being that person that helps the bigger people and the smaller people. Right. And you know, so if you ever have that opportunity, like let's say you're a swimmer right now, listening to this. I know Miami, Tampa. You guys have a lot of diversity. Uh, you're one of those swimmers right now. You know that your family has has that. that uh, those ties to those countries <clears throat> yeah again get, get in touch with your national team i'm not even joking like right now like do your research right now um there's junior national teams for some of those bigger countries uh but the smaller ones definitely contact them like tomorrow and do the research because it's very possible that you could become a national team member within like a year it's very simple and from there 
they do a lot of paying for your international meets because at the end of the day, they just want athletes to represent their country. Mm-hmm. So I got to go to, to Worlds and represent my country, got all this free Haiti gear. And I didn't, I literally almost paid for nothing. So it's such a cool experience. You get to travel almost for free. You get to meet all these famous people, all these big time swimmers. And it's all you have to do is just do the research and kind of make the connections. And it's, it's really worth it. Mm-hmm. Now the kind of the last question that I'll have for you kind of wrapping that stuff up is, you know, being at an international stage because, you know, me and you, uh, me diving and you swimming were at a division three level. And, you know, I'm not trying to bag on D3, but I'm also trying to bag on D3. But, you know, we're, you're coming from a Division three program that started your freshman year. You were literally, like, part of the first team, yeah. um, basically, and setting the foundation. And it was, I mean, to put it, to put it lightly, a pretty uh, not super organized program for <laughs> probably our four years with some pretty uh, – Mm, I don't want to be like rude about it, but just some, just not probably experienced enough coaching or, to say the least mm, or something. Wasn't the best, no. It wasn't the best. And going from coming from that and then all of a sudden being able to represent a, an entire country, an entire nation at a world championship swimming with the best of the best. There's, there's got to be some type of like, you know, hesitation, some type of like doubt or like even, you know, like mental struggle. And I kind of want to see if, if, if you can touch on that and kind of what you went through and if there were any processes that you took trying to like get through that, how you overcame those obstacles as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one was just um, I a lot of people don't have international experience when it comes to competing in any sport Mm -hmm. so when my highest level of competition was club state because angel you know i couldn't go to high school state for other reasons um you know the the competition's a lot different and like i'd never trained long course either so i had to get ready for this big meet representing my country and like i was doing it in a yards pool with my just me and my coach no training partners back in my college um so my biggest thing i can't speak for everybody but my biggest hurdle was just not thinking i was ready enough Mm -hmm. um, because i just thought i had to be the i so this is a good tip for some of you athletes sometimes when you guys go to these big stages these big meets these big competitions there's like a certain standard you think you have to be up like cop like competition and competing wise to be with these people right you think you have to be so good to compete with these people and everyone has this standard in their head, but nobody really knows what that standard is. They just make up this magical standard where they're like, I'm not good enough because I'm not at this standard. Right. But what is that standard? Okay. So the standard isn't, it doesn't exist. The standard is just wherever you are, that's, and it's your, your very best. That's it. Because I found myself thinking I wasn't going to be, I was honestly kind of embarrassed going into world championships because I was just like, there's no way I'm going to be even good enough to compete with like the people from Kenya. Right. Right. So I was just like doubting myself and so kind of embarrassed. And I got there, got into the warm, the warm up pool every day leading up to my race. And I was just like beaten up on these people. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, there's no <laughs> way. And so, but then I realized because my very best 
because my standard was my very best and my very best was pretty good because I was putting a lot of work in, I was good. So mm -hmm. as long as you, you actually do the work and go above and beyond and make yourself fit as fit as you can in the wall, in and out of the water, uh, as long as you are at 150%, then that 150%, it's going to be, comp it's compatible with the rest of the world. Trust me. So it, it's, so, it's, it literally comes down to basically just believing in yourself. It, it really does. And that's, that's kind of like the cool thing is just that you go there and like you go there and don't get me wrong. I swam in a warm up lane with Katie Ledecky and I think Caleb Dressel hopped in a lane right by me and I kind of slid, slid into the other lane away from me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you're not going to compete with those people right like, that's okay but don't think that just because you're not going to compete with the americans that you're not you don't belong mm -hmm. uh you do you're you know, so you just have to believe in yourself and trust your training and you're there for a reason that's the biggest thing you're always mm -hmm. there for a reason and that's mm -hmm. that can be any meet state uh national caesar your athletes you guys are there for a reason. You mm -hmm. made it there. So there's a mm -hmm. reason you're there. You got anything, Susan? Man, I just wanted to say uh, it's been a true pleasure having you here on the show. Uh, and I really think that our audience is really going to get a lot from what you've had to say tonight. And I'm going to pass it off to Angel here. Yeah, dude. Um, bro, literally, I mean, I, I, you know, being being your best friend for, you know, since I don't even know, we've known each other since we were probably like what thirteen or twelve or something like that. But I've I've known a majority of this stuff like that, but kind of just seeing the way that you've taken all of this and turned it into like a career and turned it into a passion and just really have made the most out of impacting all of these kids and kind of just getting that out has has really been like probably one of my favorite processes to see you know, th as the years go by. So, um, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I, I love the, what you guys are doing here with, uh, mind power. And I, I respect, obviously I respect both of you so much, Angel, you know, everything you do and Caesar, everything you do with swimming and, uh, the, the community and platform you built over there. Like, you know, I love talking to you guys. So I respect everything you guys are doing as well. And, you know, keep up the good work. I love listening to this stuff and, yeah, I think this is just more resources for coaches and athletes out there. So, guys, keep it up. It's uh, thanks, man. Sense. We appreciate the love. Appreciate man. you, brother. It goes both ways. But um, I think that's going to wrap it up, man. If you Do you have anything else to say, like any final like wise words to kind of hand out to our audience? Nah, just if, you know, if you ever have any questions about uh, swimming or, uh, you know, obviously mental health angel and uh, Caesar, you know, don't ever. And this is for anything. Just don't hesitate to reach out to anybody about anything mm -hmm. you want those resources or his tools just send the message and you know the worst you're going to get is a no or nothing so mm -hmm. yeah. reach out. preach man. Oh, man well once again we appreciate you man keep keep it up keep doing the work um keep making those impacts man uh i can't imagine this i want to say i'll probably have you on here again at some point so i don't think this is a, a good vibe probably just to see you later so all right, yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Have a good night, all right? Yeah.